talking about alliance on your device of choice. Hirsch and Ari are here for you to make sense of it all so you don't have to. Talking about alliance on your device of choice. Talking about alliance on your device of choice. Wow. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Talking About Alliance. I'm Ari, the host, and I'm here, as always, with Hirsch. Hello, Hirsch. Hello, Ari. How are you this fine morning? I'm doing great. Uh, and we have a very special guest here with us, the winner of Alliance Summit, one half of the Sub-Zero Alliance, and the captain of the evil team, Shan. Shan, yes, is here with us. Thanks so much for being on with us. Hi, friends. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Good to see you, Shan. Good to be hanging out, talking about Alliance. How have you been? You've been enjoying this side of everything so far? Yeah, this is my first, like, true spectating of a, uh, or viewing, maybe I should say, of an org. And it's kind of crazy seeing everyone talk about all the players, knowing that I was just talked about like that. <laughs> but it's fun. Do you uh, do you find yourself um, this you know relatively a short time removed from your playing experience? Are you do you find yourself more sympathetic to the to the to the players, or have you fully embraced the uh, you know the role of a viewer and and, and hold and hold, have no mercy? I'm definitely sympathetic to the players. I um, especially players like Zach and a lot of the players in the beginning, where everyone in the lounge was like get talking, why aren't you talking? Well, just give them a day, they can take a breath, it'll be fine, they'll start talking. <laughs> I, especially Zach, I feel like everyone hates Zach right now in the lounge and dude's just playing a weird game. <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. Uh, Ari and I may be a bit more jaded because we're a few, uh, yeah, further outside of it. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get there. There's certainly some moments where I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? But So were you around at all for Blinks or were you just getting the one side of the conversations? I was just getting the one side and I was barely even getting that. Just, I had no idea what he was doing. I thought it was very odd and I just let him like go into the other room and do his challenges and like four hours later he would emerge and we'd go to bed <laughs> didn't know much about it did you so, go back into the lounge and see what everyone was saying about you after the ad of last season i did yes i did wait a little bit but um i definitely it's usually you know, a smart way to do it did you do the control f oh yeah i did <laughs> i controlled f shan shan yes shannon sydney <laughs> did you control f from hirsch messages about yourself uh, I don't think I control F'd that, but I'm sure I found it because I had to control F'd myself. <laughs> there was a lot, <laughs> unsurprisingly, since I was in it the whole time, but it is wild. It's wild, like, not knowing. Like, everyone in the lounge knows so much about me. You know, you two know so much about me from reading all my conversations where I tried to get to know 10 people, but I don't know anything about you because I didn't spec your season, and I know that Hirsch has a cat. <laughs> I know that Ari likes PB and like little things like that, but not necessarily the the deeper things in your lives. That's fair. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
Yeah, it's definitely that weird experience, like, right when you get out of the game and, like, everyone in the lounge wants, like, knows everything about you and wants to be friends with you and you don't know anything about any of them. Yeah, it's wild. It's fun, though. I, I've enjoyed it. I feel like, I mean, I hadn't joined Discord before I played this, so I, I'm just, like, making all these online friends. It's so fun. Like, the, the thing I've always found interesting about orgs and something that kind of actually informed my gameplay a little bit was that I, I realized that, like, if you're playing real-life Survivor, uh, you realize there's a certain way you're going to be portrayed on television. But you've also got six months to prepare yourself for what that reaction to how you play the game is going to be. Um, but in, in an org, um, especially when you're being released into a community where you know a lot of the people or people are already familiar with you, uh, you're going to have to answer for your actions a hell of a lot sooner than you would if you were playing, you know, IRL survivor. Totally. So I've always found that to be kind of a, an understated dynamic when you're playing these games, at least it was for me. It's so true. And I mean, I live with Blink. So like literally when it ended, he was like, do you want to know everything? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I want to take a breath first. <laughs> and it's, yeah, like you said, there's not, there's no break. It just went straight from like the end to now I'm on the other side and I have all these channels that I can read where people are talking about me. And it's not just the lounge, it's also the other players. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, so um, we were kind of rushing through, I think, in the last week, but if we wanted to dive in a little more at all to some of the, some of the older stuff, um, going back at all to anything in the SAMs or Jess votes or any of those challenges, I think the SAMs vote at this point now, after our first merge vote, looks a bit differently, doesn't it? I think the SAMs vote uh, kind of... Uh... I think uh, if you ask CC Dano and Flair now, they would have uh, regretted that. Um, yeah. He might have ended up going the next one, but uh, I think clearly they probably should have gone with Jess there mm -hmm. and tried to build a relationship with Sam's and um, you know with uh, RDT Twenty Four because um, because it's it's just it's, it was the smarter play. We we talked about that a little bit, and also. Sam's probably would have been of uh, use in that next challenge. There's no guarantee they even lose if they, uh, if they have Sam's. So uh, yeah, I think uh, CC Dano and Flair uh, Gwen made a huge mistake there. Um, and I think it plays out here once we get to the merge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always impossible to play the counterfactual, but even if you go back and looked at what in between Dano and Sam's, and if you actually went to, yeah, went into that plan um, and booted Jess there. Maybe they win the next challenge or maybe not. And it's one of them or Flair going, but you could end up with a much tighter group of five or even six than yeah. what ended up happening. And having only those four, um, you know, having that group of four worked well for them before the merge. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you get to the merge, when, you know, you're, you have RDT that you're very clearly dragging along and, tossing around at every turn um, and it, kind of making it very clear to him and good for him for being able to pick yeah. that up. But, you know, it's not the best way to build a majority coalition or voting block going into a merge. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the biggest, the biggest damage there to the Leviathan was that RDT lost all faith and trust in them. Sam, if RDT doesn't lose Sam's 
and doesn't feel like he was lied to by them and doesn't feel like he's next, then, and they make it to merge five strong, six strong, even maybe if Sam's is still there, this could go a totally different direction at merge. And um, that was something that deadly or something that crystal, uh, crystal Sully and Moss did well with deadly and Mason. I'm sorry. And so well, they did such a good job of like luring them over to be besties with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. From and we'll talk about this more as we get later into the merge. But I mean, from ODT's perspective, being left out of those early votes and then pushed out of this selfish captain that we're talking about in a second, and you know, all that never really knowing what was going on on that side. Very clearly, there were a three or four, depending on where you want to put Flair's position, but he was very clearly going to be at the bottom of that forever. Um, and good for him for recognizing that. Absolutely. Well, so let's go into some of the more recent events. Um, so the first thing I think that we need to touch on is the Greed 2.0 challenge, which I think as soon as you saw the C-mail um, hinting at something, the fact that it's a 20-minute challenge and the two captains have to be selfish. Uh, I think as soon as that all came in, the both of the players and the viewers lounge sort of spun up a whole bunch of crazy ideas and theories about what this might be. But it was definitely going to be something fun, and I think that def that delivered. Yes, everybody. I think most people were hoping for greed, having uh, having done it, <laughs> participating in it, participated in the only other greed uh, challenge in Alliance history, along with you and the rest of the Mojo crew. Um, so I was excited to see that pop up. What uh, what did you know of Greed, or had you uh, what were, what were you expecting, Shan? I had never seen Greed before, so I was totally uh, totally fresh perspective. Um, but I I know a lot of people in the lounge were expecting a lot of people to go for it, but I don't think I would have. And I tend to project my own things on other people, so I just didn't think that anyone would grab it because. Someone at the bottom would be the one who benefits the most from it. But if you're doing something greedy like that, all you're doing is cementing yourself further on the bottom. No one wants to align with you if that's the way you're behaving. So it was, I'm like curious to see um, people like Zach who seem to be hiding a lot of their confessionals. I want to know a little bit more about his thoughts on that. If he ever even considered doing it. Yeah. Grabbing the necklace, I should say. Most of the... Yes, yeah, so the challenge was um, the two captains had to sit out, and we'll talk about that also in a minute. But um, basically, it was the same greed challenge, but with the merge mixed in rather than a single tribal council and then back to the original tribes. Um, so one immunity necklace, 15 minutes of chatting time, one immunity necklace, five minutes uh, to grab it. Um, and if nobody grabs it, everyone makes a merge. At the time, unclear if there would be an immunity challenge, and there eventually was not. Um, if someone grabbed it, they would get, this was sort of an interesting thing, they would go back to their tribe while everyone else emerged. So you do get, also get some time to maybe search for a clue or advantage or something, but also potentially missing out on a lot of important time with the merge tribe. Um, one thing I kind of want to touch on is sort of the, the run-up is this, where both tribes had to elect a captain 
that uh, was quote unquote selfish, I think was the term. Um, so on the Leviathan side, I think RDT was the first to volunteer, but he wasn't totally, you know, believed in it. Um, and everyone else wanted to not put him in that position in case he wanted to make a selfish decision. Um, and eventually, I think they filled him in on it as well, but Gwen made Gwen the captain. And on Scylla, it was pretty interesting as well when Zach really didn't want to trust anyone else and nobody and volunteered himself and nobody else wanted Zach to do it. And pretty much went behind his back and picking Crystal for it. Um, and both of those sort of, you know, it looked at least at first like immediately backfired when they had to sit out and let Zach or RDT participate in the challenge. And that all seemed like a very interesting twist to it. Love that. Love the twist. Um, and it makes total sense within the, um, when, with, when you're reading what the, uh, what the, uh, what the rules say, it may, you know, it was like, okay, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if their, if their goal was to try to keep it out of Zach's hands based on their understanding, great job. Um, same thing for RDT, but it's always fun to watch, uh, to watch people's plans just get thwarted on a, on a, on a, on a fundamental level. I believe I made a comment in the viewers lounge to where I said, I think the, uh, the captain's twist, I think played out pretty much exactly the way that production had envisioned it might. And, uh, and Ryan did not disagree. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, Ari, when you were describing it, I had forgotten about the twist that if someone grabs it, they don't join the merge immediately. So they miss out on all of that social time. I feel like that is actually more important than the actual immunity necklace because you have to be finding your space in the tribe and making sure you have your alliance and you have your relationships and to miss out on that would be huge, huge, huge. I, I went back and read it and they actually, they wouldn't have just missed the initial merge time. They would have been gone all the way through that first merge tribal council. They wouldn't be rejoining the tribe until last night, some point after, uh, after this first merge tribal. So they would have been gone from the tribe for a full 48 hours at least. So that would have been- They wouldn't have gotten a vote, right? They, wouldn't, so they would not have voted. They wouldn't have even been there. They wouldn't have even known what happened to tribal until they rejoined the tribe that was, a, that was a, at 10 or at nine. That's, um, I would never do that. <laughs> yeah. The other part that we found out later was the captain's secret challenge, uh, which, Light wasn't even open to viewers for a while. Um, but yeah, so this one between the two captains as they set out from the other challenge was uh, basically a basic prisoner's dilemma where they could choose to be selfish. And if both were selfish, they had an automatic vote cast against them, something we've sort of seen come up in other seasons. Um, and if one of them, if neither of them were selfish, nothing happened. And if one of them was and the other wasn't, they would get an immunity blessing for the next nautical council, uh, basically an immunity necklace that, at the start. Um, and I'm a little, I, a little surprised, I guess not too much. Um, I think this is more interesting and it hasn't really gotten talked about because it was hidden. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think I would have gone for it. The risk, uh, so we've talked about this, I think when it came up in previous seasons that if you have one vote come up against you and nobody knows about it beforehand, 
that almost certainly isn't going to affect anything. Um, the danger is, I'm just kind of thinking through this now, is that if, you know, the two captains are on opposite tribes and going after each other as they kind of were here, uh, you can very much bring up that fact that they got have an extra vote against them and use that to your advantage. And or they can, you can have that used against you. Um, does that outweigh, you know, the potential for playing it right and getting uh, an immunity blessing to you? And I, I don't know. I mean, I think that could have been, I, I think I might've gone for it depending on who I was up against. Well, Ryan said that the results, if there were results would be revealed at the beginning of nautical tribals. So, um, in the, in the instance where one of them was selfish and one of them wasn't, uh, the person who was selfish would have been bestowed with the immunity at the beginning, and it would have been revealed to everybody else that as a result of that captain choosing selfish, this captain would be receiving a penalty vote. So that could give people time to um, change plans. But if to do so, they would have had to openly talk about it there at final. I mean, at the at the nautical council, which is a dicey proposition in of itself, because, you know, we don't often see open discussion about changing vote during a nautical council. So considering that and considering that if you feel strong in your numbers, why not? I, th I think if you feel strong in your numbers, why not go for it? Because if you are strong in your numbers, what's that extra? What's that extra? Vote, like you said, what's that extra vote going to mean? You know, and at the at very least, least it's going to bring up a tie, and then you can just revote. So I, uh, I, I, I think uh, I think I might have been tempted to go for it, but I think uh, I think the re that they didn't showed a um, a certain myopia in both of their games as to how they've been playing. Um, and, and I think uh, the ultimate result could have just as easily been flipped the other way. Um, they were both way too overconfident for, uh, for where they actually were. Yeah, I agree with that overconfidence. I, um, I think it's very interesting that Crystal and Gwen were the two paired for this as well. No, just knowing what we know about them having a relationship outside of the game. Um, and already having a little bit of trust within each other, I would assume that probably made Gwen feel even more comfortable. Um, and I would be curious if it was other different captains. I think it would have played out differently. I think you're right, Hirsch. Others, people would be tempted to grab it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if it was Zach and RDT, I can't even imagine what that might have looked like. Um, they, if you they both there, would that have been something you considered? I would have considered it, yeah. Especially like if I think back to my time, we were going into the merge with bad numbers. Um, but I have protected myself or I don't know. I don't know. It's like I have to go through a full analysis. And yeah, they only had what, five minutes, 15 minutes to decide? How long? Not very long. They had three minutes to discuss and then two minutes to make their decision in their private channel. So I think they spent the three minutes talking about Zach. Yeah. I mean, I think that is part of what was made them feel more secure, though, that they like agreed going into the merge on this first merge vote was going to be easy. And then, you know, as we saw it, it didn't turn out that way. So it never does. I wouldn't be surprised if Crystal actually was sincere in her desire to uh, 
take out Zach, you know, and, and have that easy first boot. But then I think, uh, I think she took time to reassess and wisely, but uh, yeah. So I think in those moments where she was saying to Gwen, I think, yeah, Zach's an easy target. Let's get him out. She was sincere. Well, I think she laid out the plan right before that it was going to be either Zach, then Gwen or Gwen, then Zach. Yeah. Um, and I think that's likely where it ends up. Uh, well, so let's talk about the actual agree because this was, as always, I think whenever it's going to come up, um, a very interesting part of the game. Um, so I think ultimately nobody's going to grab it. They're just going to talk for a while. Um, and I don't know if we have a sense of who considered it how much. Um, but I think the biggest difference between this and Mojo Desert is the downside of not having it. Um because, I mean, the very word, like, if someone else grabs the necklace, you're still making a merge. You still have a chance to go to everything. You're not going to tribal with three other people when you're potentially on the bottom. Um, and if no, and the downside of nobody grabbing it, I think it wasn't as severe, where instead of in Mojo Desert, where it was that combined tribal with 13 other people you don't necessarily know and have no idea, you know, you're going yeah. blind. The downside of just being at a merge with no one with immunity, I think changes that calculation quite a bit. Because I know I think in our season, we've heard a lot of people say, like, if nobody grabbed it right away in 59 seconds, I was probably going to go for it. Um, and that clearly wasn't the case here. Yeah, I was uh, in Mojo. I felt comfortable in my position in the game. Um so I, I, I didn't really feel any, I, I was kind of all about the chaos of a 13 person tribal that, that to me would have been fun uh, regardless. Um, you know, and I, so I, I was never going to grab it, but here, yeah, it makes sense that, uh, that you just kind of cool your, cool your jets and let somebody, uh, let somebody take the bullet for you. So could there have potentially been three people with immunity if each of the captains were selfish and someone grabbed the necklace? Well, if they were both selfish, they had they none of them got immunity. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. So it could have been two. Okay. Well, only one actually at tribal because the the person who had the necklace would have been over on the other ship. Oh, well, you're right. So did if you grab the necklace, did this even come up? Did you keep it or do you bring it back as soon as you get back onto the merge boat? Well, they were they were offered well the blessing is separate from the necklace. So the necklace, they have it, it's over on the, their original ship, and then the merged and then the uh, the, the Hydrakin would have sailed off on its own and uh, gone through a tribal council with perhaps one of the captains getting an immunity blessing. And I think that's how it would have played out. Okay. I'm just realizing now, um, I don't know if I'm going to have to reread the wording on this, but I, is there a possibility that they had immunity for two rounds if you skip around and then keep the necklace? Or I don't think anyone brought this up. I don't know. I don't think that was, a, I don't think that was specified. Um. Well, so Shannon, you said you weren't, you would not have gone for it, but I mean, what could have changed that calculation for you if there was other offers or a different, a different mm -hmm. way it was set up? Like from the captain's perspective, you mean? Uh, well, no, from the greed challenge. Um, I think if 
it didn't have the element of missing out on the socializing and missing the tribal, it would be more worthwhile to grab it. Um, I think that is like the, the hardest part is thinking about um, just missing out on that socializing, especially because I was on the bottom. I needed to like get myself in there. And that was also definitely the strength of your game was having that social aspect. And I think for you, especially missing out on so much time would have hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to recover from something like that. And being part of the strategizing for that first vote, like you have to know where everyone's heads at. I was a little bit surprised. I was sort of expecting for Ryan to come in after a minute or two and say, like, let's sweeten the pot a little bit, you know, offer something like, a clue to an advantage or maybe like an advantage in a future challenge. Um, maybe that's something that comes up in a future iteration here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because that's then two advantages to grabbing the necklace. One, surviving the first nautical council and then two, whatever the next one is. I wonder how many people would have grabbed it if, uh, if, if, he had, if he had shown a picture of the necklace, this could have been interesting, that had a picture of the immunity necklace, but hanging on it was a key. Yeah. Oof, that would sweeten the pot, that's for sure. They've been looking for that key. Yep, that would have been, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I've, that would have been tempting because, you know, I got so frustrated at command hunting if I just saw it there. Whew, yeah. I, it. I think similar to the shovel of seasons past, so I was curious because oh, how it would play out. I was, I was always thinking about in Mojo Desert if nobody, if we hadn't had the scenario where someone grabbed it right away, what would have happened over the course of those couple minutes? Um, and it turns out maybe not a whole lot. Um, yeah. I was especially with five minutes here. I was wondering who might say what, um, but everyone just kind of said no at the beginning and danced around the topic for most of the time until the clock ran out yeah, yeah. there was only like four or five of them that was actually chatting in there a lot of people were just silent should come as a shock to no one that zach was one of those people who was chatting <laughs> yeah and he was he was he made a couple vague little threats about oh you'd be an idiot to take the take this necklace and stuff like that but uh he was being very zacky. Very zacky. Uh, so that brought us straight into the merge then. Uh, no harm, no foul to anyone. And we hit the merge with 11 and no one with immunity, which goes straight into everyone's favorite part of the game, naming the merge tribe. Fuck that. <laughs> what, a, what a cluster. I like I mean, the final name. I like Hydrakin. I think that's a good oh, name. Oh, the, the, the name, the, the final name is fine. But what we what we almost had, just out of sheer laziness, would have been a spit in the face of production, a spit in the face of us, a spit in the face of God, whichever God you choose to believe in, uh, a desecration of all that is good in humanity. It would have been the worst merge name ever. And that's saying a lot when bioplasm exists. 
Man, Hirsch, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I didn't feel that. I was not alone in this. I know. I know. <laughs> Production, from my understanding, was working hard behind the scenes to get them to change their mind. <laughs> and look at how good production manipulated them. <coughs> All that Ryan had to do was ask how you pronounce it, and it sent them back to the drawing board. What I mean, was I to see Plexi play this game because all it took was one message for him to manipulate like a lot of people. That's one message. What was it? Iljosa or Il uh, it was the SpongeBob thing? If I can scroll up fast enough, um, it feels like it's every season though that it's three hours spent just picking a name or waiting for someone to show up and give their approval. Uh, the International Justice League of Super Acquaintances from Spongebob. Um, credit Ted Lee for posting the picture originally. Zach, of course, being the first one to say, yes, let's make this the tribe name. Um, really dodged a bullet there, I think, when they said, well, how do you pronounce it? And that was just enough to say, let's go with one thing we can pronounce and then spend the next hour debating the proper pronunciation of Hydrakin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, in, in the end, everything worked out, but uh, it was looking pretty dicey there for a while. And uh, and I was uh, I was prepared to just call them the jerks, them, those those dolts, whatever. I, I would never have I would never have referred to them as Iljosa or whatever, however you, they wanted to pronounce it. it. It was just I was taking a stand. Yeah, and uh, how about Zach's anime story? Or like Slacker's story? Yeah, I was about to bring that up as something somewhat serious, game-related. Uh, just making up a story that was so obviously false. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you want to anyone to perceive you as being trustworthy uh, and honest, which you feel like would be an important thing in a game like this, uh, you wouldn't want to waste that social capital and trustworthiness on a really dumb and bad story for a merge tribe name. No, you are it correct. You wouldn't. <laughs> you yeah. would not. You would not want to do that. A normal person would not want to do that. Yeah, I agree. I think in Zach's, Zach's like a Survivor super fan, so in his head he's like, "Oh, uh, was it Malcolm? Malcolm pulled this off, and like Malcolm's the best. So I'm going to be like him, and I'm going to." come up with this story but Zach is not Malcolm and he really didn't pull it off at all all he did to your point was kind of make people like do the oh Zach sigh and ignore him and not trust him anymore. Deadly googled it immediately and called him on his bullshit so. I mean I did the same thing <laughs> yeah it would have been very interesting if like they let him move forward with that and then he thinks he's pulled this off but like deadly now has this kind of additional leverage behind the scenes that he can throw around in different ways but more Zach lies just added to the list yeah could have been I'm, I'm... <laughs> but yeah it's an interesting ploy to to get one of those little check marks uh mm -hmm. that is a really meaningless check mark uh to, tr to try to do so uh and, and and all it did, like 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 we said, was just kind of reinforce the notion most of these people already had about the, the kids. So it it's, it did, certainly didn't help, and it just kind of put them in a, buried them a little bit further. 
um, so that brings to the merge. Uh, so I have a few notes here of some things that happened throughout the day or two. Um, so there's always a lot to go over. The first one I have is the new sub channels that all popping up all over the place. Um, some with different mechanisms than we've seen before. Um, the Curlish Nest that you can only go into from the upper deck, and I think I can only have two people in there for, for 15 minutes at a time. Um, the rowboats that you can access, but you can try to take them out. I don't think anyone quite succeeded at that. Um, and of course, the new Polybot. Yes, Poly. Poly, more popular than any any of the crew. Uh, more, more popular than probably most of the hosts. Uh, more popular than most of the lounge. Polly is the new hero of Alliance. We love Polly. She's my winner. They're my winner pick. <laughs> everybody, everybody loves Polly. <laughs> uh -huh. And somebody sooner or later is going to start figuring out how to really use Polly. Um, yeah. Hopefully. And we're only two days in and we've had a lot of fun already. I can't wait to see where that goes. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Uh, so the best I can tell the way that Polly works is well, they'll take them any message in the crow's nest and just repeat it. Uh, I'm not sure how far back it stretches if it takes any message that's been sent there. Um, so sometimes it'll just be a random command that someone attempted, uh, and sometimes it'll be a message someone sent. I don't think there's been any real game info that's been repeated yet, but if you want to start the crow's nest, you kind of have to be careful of someone potentially or someone potentially seeing uh, the pirate repeat your message. Yeah, or, captain's quarters, where a lot of those commands are. Yeah, if I were in the captain's quarters by myself... Or in the captain's quarters, yes. Yeah, if I were in the captain's quarters by myself, I would be saying stuff like... I can't believe Dano found an advantage. <laughs> I would be saying, like, I told, I think... Is, is this the week we finally blind... Is this the round we finally blindside Zach? Is, you know, I would just be dropping all kinds of crazy stuff in the hopes that somebody would be in there when Polly repeated one of these, one of these this BS lies I had made up in the hopes of just stirring stuff up. Um, so that, um, I guess we can sort of get into some of the cascades now. Um, and the first being the treasure chest and RDT coming across the key for that. Um, which impressed me quite a lot, given what happened when VIP tried to find this specific command. Yeah, um, it, it, the, the key, as it turned out, was tied into, or the, the treasure test, as it turns out, was tied into the, um, the old cascade on Scylla and Leviathan that started with either three heads or three fins. Um, and if, if y'all recall, the, uh, both of those... Um, said something about an etched message that was sending them to their um, rigging. And then once you got to the rigging, uh, you typed in etched message, you would climb the rigging, and then you would find the bars with the arrow pointing up. Um, and they, uh, most of them had seen that, um, but of course we're on a new ship. So uh, no, there are no longer three heads or three fins at the front of the, of the, of the ship. There's, there is an eight tentacled, head i believe um and the, and the mechanism for finding what's at the front of the ship was still there but not many people had tried it and uh, i believe dano had actually tried 
it said something about eight tentacles and Dano had actually tried eight tentacles early at the post-merge once all the channels had opened. Um, and as it turns out, uh, production had not fired off that, um, that uh, command yet. Um, so it, it pays mm -hmm. to go back around to commands you've tried once because they, they, could, they may not work once, but they might work a second time. Regardless, if they had typed in eight tentacles at some point shortly after the merge, they would have gotten that same etched message command going to the, directing them to the rigging or the upper deck, I believe in this case. Then you, you climb, um, you find the bars and the arrow again, and, uh, and then um, you go to below deck, and, and that's where our, our friend RDT finally figured it out. Yeah, and I think one of the also tricky things here is that given that there's now six subchannels, finding the right, even if you have the right command, you might have to try it six times to get the right response in different channels and try to maneuver around whoever else might be in them. Uh, that's, I think, an especially, uh, especially tricky challenge. Uh, you know, it's, that's double the effort you'd have to put in before the merge. Um, so, I mean, credit to RGT for being able to find that and ultimately open the treasure chest. Yep, which contained a scroll, which he was kind enough to tell us of, you know, what, what the contents of said scroll were. Some people in the past haven't. I'm glad he did, though he actually didn't say anything in his confessional, really. He, he told it to Moss, was it? I believe so, yeah. What was that advantage, Ari? Um, so I believe it was basically the some version of a safety without power, where you skip tribal council but don't get a vote, so your potential you are safe for another round, and you can try to regroup, talk to people, but you also risk leaving your alliance hanging out to dry. Um, do we know if he has to play it before tribal or if that can be used at tribal the way that it has been on the show? I think it can be used during. Um, and that's kind of that's I was going to say that's kind of the, the, the big advantage of that is if he gets into into tribal and he starts feeling uh, he starts feeling the, you know, something at the back of his neck that's giving him a giving him the heebie-jeebies, he can yeet right out of there during the, during it without, uh, without having to uh, explain himself. He goes, you know, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to head home. Um, y'all, y'all, y'all have fun. Um, so, uh, and, and honestly, I mean, I don't know if that's, the, if he's the best person to have it, but I'm actually kind of glad that he does because um, he's in a very odd position in this game. And, um, and, and I think it will benefit him to have it, you know, just, you know, as well as anybody. Yeah, this is one of my favorite advantages um, that can be put into a game um, because the cost benefit is something you really have to consider uh, and it makes for great television uh, the way it was in when it was used in winners at when winners at war uh, I don't know if that's too much of a spoiler for anyone but um, and just having someone say like okay this is too much I'm out and then everyone else is left going what happened time to regroup yeah. um, and try to count you know you have to recount all the votes. That, that's going to, I think, be a really interesting scene, and I really hope we get to see it used at some point. 
Yeah, I think I think the only uh, caveat to it is that you have to announce that you're leaving before the votes are cast, obviously. So because you don't want people voting for him and then him going, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah, that would that would be that would be awkward. Uh-huh. And so the one other cascade we seem to be getting is Dano finding the first captain's log uh, with a message courtesy of our friend Wind. Um, and I think we're not sure exactly where this might lead to, um, but this is definitely something that could come up. Um, and the fact that it, the, it gives you the captain's log and a channel to type messages into, I think likely means something. I th- I think that the all his typing in the in the in the captain's log channel was was to to no avail. Um, I think whatever whatever information you can ascertain from the captain's log that you might be willing to try, um, and, and and who knows what that is going to be. You know, some people can hear audio logs um, or scream mail, and um, and think it's about uh, crazy genetic yeti conspiracies. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and some people don't ever listen. Uh, a la the person who's actually recorded these these uh, these captain's logs. Um, so, uh, but uh, we do know through other means that there is a there is a immediate uh, command that can be done off of this off of this uh, captain's log, and I do know that uh, Dano tried it in the captain's log channel, but didn't try it in the captain's quarters. So I think uh, he can, he needs to try it in the captain's quarters and he might get some, uh, get another uh, command response. Actually, he did try it in the captain's quarters. Oh, did he? Well, he may not have. Yeah, that's true. You're right. So well, uh, I think it's on the upper deck because that's where the treasure chest is. Yeah, and good point. Um, I think that's like, there's still something with that chest. I don't think we're done with it yet. We'll see. Yep, yep. But yeah, I uh, actually asked Blank because about the, um, whether he thought there would be any commands in the captain's log subchannel. And I'm leaning towards no, kind of like you, Hirsch, because of the way that Ryan um, worded the like, when you're done listening, I can't remember what the command is, but like that is what removes your role. Oh, yeah, like, you're right. So that might be, you know, you want to just download it. Because you can see Dan. Oh, Dan doesn't. Did Dan leave? He did, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm curious if. And it looks like so he did the turn off message and that deleted from the channel. Yeah, and removed. Yeah, there was a roll. I believe it was something like A. Yeah. On the and uh, and once he got out of there, the A disappeared. So you know if. Uh, could if be anyone's paying attention. Yeah, if I mean, anyone's paying attention. Be- the smartest thing to do might be, I mean, if, unless you want to, you probably want to try stuff in this channel um, from a player's perspective, but yeah. if you were to know that there isn't, you would want to download this audio, get out of there as quickly as possible and not have a log if someone else stumbles into it and see that you were already there. Uh, I'm not going to lie. If I'm in game and I'm in that channel by myself, I might be just spamming the shit out yeah. of it. Um, oh, I would, you have to, you have to try it. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to say from a viewer's perspective that you gotta you gotta bounce out and try those commands elsewhere. But in game, no, nah, I'm probably just still typing. Oh, for sure. I probably would have like 
transcribed the whole log and like typed in every single word from it just to make sure. But then, yeah, you got to take them to the other sub channels. Shannon's just Becky Bursa Yeti. <laughs> Becky Bursa Yeti. I was waiting for it to work. <laughs> Becky Bursa Yeti. <laughs> Hirsch, you just said earlier in this podcast, it behooves you to keep trying, keep going. You got to swing back. You got to swing back. Can't hurt to try. Um, the one other thing I'm curious about with command that I don't think we have a whole lot of information to go off with the rowboat. Um, I was really, so uh, everyone keeps trying row and it says put your back into it over and over again. And I, my ear perked up a little bit seeing, or my eyes, I guess seeing Ryan say during nautical council, did you try putting your back into it? Um, that might be a wink. And it also might be him hinting at maybe there is a way to put your back into it in the form of a command. Um, yeah. that someone clever can figure out, but, um, and that might lead to something. Um, but also looking at the channel, it looks like, there's an island and a beach that you can dig on and explore the beach and build a sandcastle. Um, and those are messages from Bonnie, which is also intriguing. Um, and I think we still haven't quite figured out what the difference is between those two bots. Um, and But it also has hinted at a treasure map being available that I don't think anyone's found yet. Nothing in this channel has triggered anything in advantages or anything like that, but it looks like there might be something around here. Yeah. I, uh, anytime there's something you can keep going back to, mm -hmm. uh, you, you get the sense that, I mean, that there's a right time, there's a right time for it and you've just got to be there at the right time. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see if there's anything on the islands ultimately. Same. Any, any ideas or are we just waiting to see if anyone triggers anything else? I mean, I don't know. At some point, there's actually going to be a hidden immunity idol. The post-merge is when a production re usually releases those. It's, it's, it's rare that you find an immunity idol pre-merge. And if you do, it's, not, it's usually something that you can't play until after merge, a la the one you found, Ari. So um, if there's an advantage out there right now, it's probably an idol. And, um, and, and it, it might be on that island. Um, it might be as a result of something they find in the captain's log, um, but it's out there and these people need to keep working these angles. And they like, like we keep saying here, swing back around because if it's not active now, it might be active later. Um, and, and they see with their own eyes, the commands have different responses. Um, and once you realize that, that's something you got to kind of latch onto and, and keep revisiting. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all that. Um, now to talk about the actual merge. Uh, the first thing that stood out to me from there was something that hasn't really been touched on a lot and mostly went glossed over, but it was Gwyn telling everyone that the Leviathans were actually throwing the challenges um, in order to keep Mason and Deadly safe. Um, I think this is going to backfire on her a bit, but at least it's not going to have the intended effect of having bringing Mason and Dudley back to them. Um, but I, I mean, this was pretty much a blatant lie as far as we can tell. I don't think there was evidence that they were purposely throwing the challenges, maybe Flair once. Um, 
There definitely wasn't a coordinated effort on any of them. Otherwise, CC wouldn't have gone counting to 285. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I <laughs> once there's a merge, I, I take about, I, I will go through the DM channels and there's a lot. There's like 55 of them or 58 yeah. of them or something like that. Um, there was 11. So it's bigger. It's actually a bigger uh, merge group than you usually have. So that's just a shitload of channels to try to try to keep up with. Um, and honestly, I think 95% of it is either get to know you, get reacquainted, uh, just glad handing bullshit. Um, so uh, I think you got to wait for the next couple. I think you got to wait for like day two to actually pick up or glean any useful information from a, from a DM channel post merge. And, um, and it became clear early on um, where the lines were drawing. And for me, it was, it was like the Levy tribe was settling into a real early uh, anti-Zach um, banging the drums. Zach's a stalker. I don't, I don't even want to get into that shit. And, um, and uh, you know, building this narrative against him as being creepy and an easy vote out. Um, and uh, I think they got lazy. Um, whereas uh, it, it would appear to me that the, um, most of the most of the people on Scylla, especially uh, Crystal and uh, and Deadly, were, were were working. Yeah, yeah, Deadly and Crystal were working. I kind of like you said, Hirsch. I kind of cleared through all the DMs in the beginning and didn't really read the the glad hand handing stuff. But then, like yesterday afternoon, when it was kind of like crunch time to to the vote it was Deadly and Crystal's DMs like across the board that were lighting up as they kind of checked in with everyone and tried to get shit done. And uh, whereas most of um, most of uh, the OG Leviathan's DMs were, it's still Zach, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, to them, it was, that was the right, like they thought that was the right move. You know, Zach's OG Scylla and everyone they thought everyone was on board they wanted an easy one and obviously it didn't happen that way well let me ask you this both of you put former players when <laughs> when a, at a merge when a group that is already down in the numbers if you just look at original tribe lines when it when a group that's already down in the numbers tells you that they're more than willing to sacrifice yet another of their numbers regarding regardless of how likable or annoying that player is do you buy it? I mean, do you, do you, do you, do you just go for the easy vote? What's uh, I mean, we can't really say cause we're not in that in this game, but how would you have reacted in your game? It's a really good question because you're right. It should have been a big red flag, but I also think that Zach has kind of made himself unlikable to just about everyone. And it's an easy sell to be like, he's too much of a wild card. He's lying. We can't have him in this game anymore. You gotta just like cut him and move on and kind of reestablish yourself. But I mean, like you said, like that's not what happened. That was just a story that they spun around it and they did a good job doing it and make, convincing them. Yeah, to me, um, I, I, so I, I would be suspicious, definitely. Um, I think for them, they had it in their own heads, you know, from well before the merge that Zach is the person they're going to take out right away as soon as possible. And we're just looking for any confirmation of that. Um, it's not the way that I would usually end up playing is looking at someone and just saying, I'm annoyed with them. Let's vote them out. 
Um, I usually am the one that's looking at like, well, is this actually going to benefit me? Um, and if it's someone like Zach, that's just going to be a pain to everyone's games and a thorn in everyone's sides as they're running around trying to change plans and stirring up a whole bunch of chaos. That's usually the person I would want to get rid of. Um, but I would definitely be looking at, okay, does this make sense for everyone? Am I, are, are they convincing me that this is the plan or that, and going forward, is this, it, can I navigate from this? well enough. Um, what I'm a little surprised by is that, you know, when it came to the Jess vote, the same people were so paranoid that they would throw out their own name like that. And or that somebody would throw out their former tribe mate's name like that. And that they definitely had to have an idol. I wonder if that actually ended up leading them to think that as a result, you know, oh, well, we should have trusted them that time. So this time we probably should trust that name that's out there and not worry about it backfiring like that yeah i mean this is you know pure speculation on our parts um you know, like when we played mojo desert there'd been two swaps and original tribal lines were just so blurred at that point that uh, i don't think it would have ever really kind of come into play and 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 you know and, and, and for the most part we'd been three tribes longer than we'd ever been two uh but yeah, I think, uh, and, 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 and you're right. I think it's just because Zach was such an overpowering presence, just that the thought of him being gone was just such a relief to everybody. Even the people who didn't, you know, really want him gone at this point. Um, the thought of him being gone was just such a welcome idea that, uh, that it was, it, it kind of just, it just kind of overpowered everything else, even, but there, there was, but there were some critical mistakes made here by by the uh, original Leviathan that that are just uh, just silly, silly. Like what? Like believing that? They well, like like Gwen telling Crystal in, in no uncertain terms that that she would never be able to find a way past the original, you know, the the oh. Levy Four. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're, if you're telling somebody, well, well, we'll vote Zach out here, but after that, we're probably just going to kind of stick with tribe lines and I can't give you much more than fifth um, is basically what she's telling her. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You just, you, you can't be immutable in situations like this. And, uh, and that was, uh, that was, I think this is where uh, CC was being lazy, really. He was just being social. Dano yeah. was, was just being paranoid. And so their mistake was letting Crystal or Gwen do all their talking for him in this respect. And, uh, and she wasn't serving them well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm really interested in um, Deadly and Mason, um, sort of as that ride or die pair. Um, mm -hmm. And Mason being, having something, having some personal issues come up, wasn't really able to do a lot of that and left most of the heavy lifting to deadly, which is actually something that light later down the line, we'll probably see have its effects as deadly being the bigger name in that bunch. Um, but I mean, it reminds you a lot of what we saw with wind and Tobias last season being that pair that swapped and doesn't have necessarily the tightest allegiances with anyone else, but has enough of an end to really be able to go anywhere else. And I think they're going to be able to dictate at least until other people start catching on, you know, which way the votes are going. I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep of those OG Leviathans. That would surprise me a lot. Um, I think it's going to be some back and forth with the, with that pair. 
it would surprise me and it would bore me. I wasn't looking forward to the idea of, you know, the the, the OG Leviathan scooping Deadly and uh, and Mason back up and just wiping out Scylla. Um, and I don't, and I'm not a huge fan of this uh, idea of, uh, you know, this seven that are strong right now taking out, you know, CC Dano and Flair lockstep. That's just boring. Um, and uh, and I and I, I don't think. I hope there's players in the game who don't want to see that too and can and realize that that isn't to their benefit. Um, Cause that would, uh, that would be unfortunate. Yeah. I think we'll see that whoever's on the bottom of that seven is going to realize that and then flip back over again. I hope. I, I never crystal. Well, so, I mean, let's we can want to break this down a bit. I think crystal would be one to say like, no, everyone's going to be smart enough to at least want top seven, you know, that old school sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. that I think most of the people aren't actually going to buy. Um, I can definitely see Sully being the one to say, no, no one's going to actually want this. Someone's going to be on the bottom and we need to really solidify tighter numbers. Um, I think between, you know, you have that group of uh, Moss sort of as their third, that group doesn't necessarily have a fourth, especially if they vote out Zach. Um, and, you know, if you're trying to get a majority within a group of six or seven, you kind of need that. Um, if you're really looking far further down the line. Yeah. Um, and then I think Mason and Deadly, I think they can, might be confident in, you know, being able to knock out enough people between, you know, if they bring in RDT on their side. Uh, but I think RDT might maybe be closer to Moss. The, those dynamics are going to get really interesting. And that is leaving a lot of opportunities for the Leviathans to sneak in somewhere as they reassess that's going to be an interesting thing going forward there's a a lot of these players can still win this game but if they tie their fate to what crystal and sully are choosing to do they're not going to so they're going to have to take destiny in their own hands and start making some moves on their own you know and that means like somebody like cc is going to have to break off a dano um that means a moss is going to have to break away from sully and crystal um rdt 24 and deadly and Mason are going to have to be smart about where they move to navigate. And, um, but there's a lot of people who could still win it. They just can't get lazy about it. I totally agree. I think I could make a case for almost any of these people to win the whole game at this point. Um, so that brings to the nautical council where I don't think there was a ton of, there was some chatting, but I don't think a ton of interesting things were said. Sully, I think commented on, one aspect of people at least claiming to be looking one step at a time, uh, which generally is a lie. Um, And then the votes come out and it's the four OG Leviathans voting Zach and the other seven all on Gwyn. And Gwyn is now, and Gwyn, the first member of the jury, uh, some some speculation about that, I think just similar to Dark Forest, there'll be an eight-person jury. And if there's a 4-4 four, four deadlock, um, my guess would be you have the third finalist be the one to break that tie, um, yeah. which would be definitely be an exciting aspect of the game. Only happened once in Real Life Survivor, so uh, spoiler, Shannon, if you haven't gotten there. I've seen it, thank you. Okay. Spoiler to... Um, spoiler to people who are listening who have not. Yes. Um, so, I mean, where do we kind of see this going 
forward for the next few days? Is it going, are we going to go on an easy vote? I, I, I think, you know, we kind of see this sometimes where after a really stressful vote, people are just looking to find the easy way out, um, which could also, which could be Zach, or it could just be Flair as the easy target that people can all agree on, um, or Dano or Cece potentially, but Flair may be the easiest. Um, we could see that, or it could be another round of shaking up the dynamics. I think similar to Summit, the sec, you know, we've had the merge vote, and then everything gets shaken up immediately after that. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think, and and maybe I think the smartest thing to do would be to take out Zach right here, and that's because he's too unpredictable. If you want, if you're thinking you can use him as a number, um, his viability as one of your numbers is limited in 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 in, in what he's and how long it lasts, because uh, there's no guarantee he's with you the next vote, and that's just something you can't account for. Um, I totally agree. I mean, he's too dangerous. He, you got him. You used him this round as a decoy, and you got out the head of the snake from the other tribe on this one. That's a huge deal. Um, and, and, you know, and if you're looking at the seven who voted against uh, crystal or, or against Gwen, um, he's one of those, you can shed him and still have that, still have those numbers. So uh, I don't know. That's where I, I, I think the smart thing would be to do that. I don't know if that's, what's going to happen. I agree, Hirsch. I think that um, something that's interesting about Zach is, you know, people are annoyed by him. And so there's that like emotional layer on it as well, that people want him to like lead the game, but then they kind of, you have to take that moment to like put the practicalness on too and say, is he helpful for my game? And I think like you just said, he's not, he's too much of a wild card. He's unpredictable. He could end up hurting you more than helping you. So at this point, it's like, you're ready to, okay, we've dragged him along long enough put up with all of his shit and now it's time to let him put him on the jury <laughs> let him rant in ponderosa uh, ari do you see his viability as a goat at ftc as more important than his his predictability in in getting past you know seven more vote outs to to get him there i i think you'd have to have a lot of confidence that you can be the person to navigate the rest of the nine tribe mates or the eight other people and have Zach be on your side or at least not too much of a thorn. Um, I think the closest we kind of saw this was with AP in Chattern and the way that Lola navigated that by knowing that she could outmaneuver him um, until he ultimately got the boot. Uh, I think that was five or six, but um, it's going to be, I mean, we might, I mean, he might be able to just sneak by, by if people are looking at bigger threats over and over again. And then I think closer to the later game is when you can start saying, um, is, is that, okay, well now we can, we have enough numbers that his vote's not going to matter and we can just drag him to the end. Um, uh, but I think that's going to be tricky to both have the numbers and be able to count on Zach or at least not have him and also, you know, be able to get to the end with, Zach and someone else, and probably you're voting out one of those numbers, if not a few of them along the way. So you would keep him around at least this round? I I, I probably would feel it out, um, depending on which side I was on. If I was in a Leviathan, I think I'd pretty 
simply say, no, let's, let's, I'll just vote for him. Um, and I think it would depend on where, where my position was. But I think there's at least a majority of people that are just going to say, I just think it's done. Yep. Feeling overwhelmed by the sheer multitude of DM channels? Were you unable to catch how the latest challenge all shook out? Did you just have no idea what to make of each player's performance in the game? Well, worry no longer, because the segment that breaks it all down and models it all out for you is coming back to get you caught up. Buff Business, returning soon to Talkin' About Alliance. So that um, so we kind of going off that topic um, and looking forward to you know and now at the merge how where we think this is I think you know a lot of us commented during the greed challenge that this is a really interesting group of eleven where a lot of things can play out different a lot of different ways um, so we're of the however the three of us and if anyone else is around and jumps in at any point we'll see but. Uh, Looking at you know, a, one person who we think is going to win, uh, or most likely to, one dark horse candidate, which I think you can make a case for just about anyone, um, and then one person who we think is has the least chance to win. Um, so let's start with that last one, because I think that is going off of kind of where we were talking. Hirsch, do you want to start off with that? Yeah, um, I'm just going to say that our, our boy Zach has no chance of winning this game and it's and it's and, and he's he's double cursed if he makes it to ftc it, it ain't gonna happen because um he's just gonna piss off the jury um for example uh when gwen left at uh, nautical uh you know she said admittedly she was pissed but she said wow i guess zach's not the only snake zach goes not the only snake you refused to talk to me so not only did he piss her off in game um, he pissed her off as she's going to jury. So for for the many innumerable reasons we've already talked about how it's too dangerous to even allow him to get that far, to even have a chance of becoming a goat. If he somehow miraculously does, he's the goat. And every juror will be pissed off because he somehow got there when they didn't. So um, I just don't see it happen. Uh, uh, Shan, do you want to go? You have the similar thoughts or someone else? Yeah, I um, I picked Flair for my no chance winner. Um, I just feel like we've seen Flair flame out a little bit. I was so impressed with her being a captain on that first challenge. I thought she had so much potential and I um, just really haven't seen anything else from her. I think that people see her on the bottom of her little Leviathan four and she's a very easy target. Uh, so I'll go. Uh, I guess uh, I would probably say Zach as most likely, but I guess I'll make another case and say Crystal. Uh, I think she is going to be too overconfident in that position now that that first vote went her way. And if another vote or two goes that way, um, I think just you know knowing that she's on top, but everyone kind of knows that you know, if she makes it to the end, she probably wins. But I, 
unless she's there with Sully, which may might be her plan. I think actually she said it's not. Um, I don't think she's the type that's going to burn people on the way out, but I think it's too obvious what position she's in and, you know, deadly, especially, and I think most other people in the game, with the exception maybe of maybe RDT and maybe Sully um, are not going to let her get to the end. And I think she, she's just the type of player in that position that really just doesn't win unless she goes on. And she could go on an immunity streak. I guess that would probably be the best chance. Um, but I think it would seem pretty unlikely compared to most of the other people still in this game. Play too hard, too early, too fast. Yeah. Um, also, the next one, um, the should we, let's go with the winner pick then, because some of us might be on similar pages, but could open up some interesting. Um, Shan, do you want to take this one? Yeah, for my winner pick, going back and forth between two. Initially, I said Deadly. He's, um, I think he has a lot of power right now, and I think if he plays it right, he could keep that up. Um, in a way that's not too overt. I think he did panic a little bit before tribal or before nautical council yesterday. So I'm curious how all that will shake out for him, but he's in an interesting position um, in the middle there. And I think he could potentially see himself at the end. And then the other one that I like a lot is Moss. Um, I think she's flying under the radar in a really smart way. And I think that she's positioning herself to continue like slowly building her game um which would be a very compelling story at the end yeah i get that I, uh, where are you going well i'll take uh i'll take the uh i'll take her other choice in uh, in deadly um i was thinking deadly or, or moss uh, for mo and moss for some of the many of the same reasons mm -hmm. um deadly deadly has made his big mid-game move um i think if he can pull back a little bit, take a back seat for a couple rounds, not let the spotlight fall on him around here, um, still be somewhat influential in, um, in how, uh, and how things are going. And then kind of, and then kind of maybe reemerge around five or six um, with a, with a strong end game. Then I think he's got a real good shot. Uh, the danger he faces right now is being too influential, too influ too influential, too often. Um, and that'll put him on everybody's radar um, until the, and, and then he, what his danger here and, and Shanda will know exactly what I'm talking about is that he could become a Tobias uh, and just somebody who the moment you have a good chance of getting him out and you no longer need his number, he's out. Um, and he could get betrayed by his closest ally, whoever that might be at the time, um, because he's just too dangerous. Yeah, and I think for Deadly more than anyone else, it sort of depends on what, it'll depend on what, um, how he himself plays that position um, and how he maneuvers everyone around him. And that's going to be interesting to watch. He's definitely, I think, the most exciting person to watch currently. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to actually go with the same one as Shan. I don't think, I don't think it's a runaway by any stretch. Um, I think looking at everyone in the game um, as strengths and weaknesses. Um, I'll say Moss also. Um, I think Moss is in a really good position. Um, I think she knows the game well, um, is also really good at the social aspect and talking to people and getting on their good sides, which is a really important skill to have. Um, but it's in that position where I think 
you know, we're going to start to see people saying, okay, we need to get rid of Crystal. We need to get rid of Sully as the big threat. We need to get rid of Dano now or Cece. Um, and then, you know, then you get to the end and there's five or six people left and all of a sudden Moss is in control of everything and has a really strong case to make at the end. Um, I'm not sure Alliance necessarily had a winner go that way uh, quite as much in that game where they started under the radar, but I think that's sort of the more dominant org strategy in general. Um, and I had a little concerns about whether it would be an exciting one to watch, but with this cast, Moss is definitely playing that really well. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah, it's, uh, I would not be surprised if that were to happen. Um, she can't be – Deadly wants to be in Final Four with her. Um, I don't think Moss can afford to be in, in, in Final Four with Deadly. So that'll be interesting. Uh, and so the last one we had um, to pick a dark horse that we think could win. Um, someone that's not one of the top names maybe in the winner picks channel, although I think a lot of people have gotten a lot of um, a lot of mentions there. Does anyone want to take this one first? I'll start. I'll, uh, I'll say my dark horse is Mason. Um, I can see Mason kind of being in a similar position um, as Wind. Um, and uh, you know, like if you know, like, whereas like when knew that if he was in a final with Tobias, he probably wasn't going to win. Um, even though when, when I think had a, uh, an inflated sense of how much influence he had had, um, maybe it's a good thing. He didn't join us this morning, this afternoon. <laughs> Mason can get there. If he can be in, uh, in the final, he can, Mason's not going to be a target for a while. He can get to final four or five. And then if he can position himself to be in a final three with the right people, he will have been able to say that he made all these moves because there will be people there he can pull in with where he maybe will be able to claim most of the moves of anybody who's left. But I do think he would probably need to win uh, an immunity challenge as well, just something to help bolster his resume. Um, I agree with that. My dark horse pick right now is CC. Um, I think that he is dominating the social game. I mean, his relationships are amazing, um, but we really haven't seen much game from him. Um, I think he's got to step up alliances and like strategy and, I mean, he crushed that counting challenge, but otherwise like win a challenge. And then I think he would be well positioned at the end. But right now I think he's just a, a bit of a floater that people like and um, hasn't really made any strong overt opinions on anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm worried about him. Mm -hmm. I want him to go far. He's my original He's my original pick. You know, he's number one on my boot list. He's my merge winner pick um, because I want to cheer for him. Not necessarily because I think he's going to win, but I, I would like to see him do very well. Um, I like him a lot as a player and as a human, I should say. I want to see I want to see more from him as a player. Yeah. Well, you took mine. I think I was going to agree about CC that I think they, those three are going to have a lot of options and possibilities, and then they can point out that as a three against seven, they're not going to be a big threat. And I think CC is going to be able to talk his way into a lot of things. Um, and if we can see that game side step up more, uh, that's, going to be, that's going to be fun to watch. But So I'll call an audible, and I'll, I'll go with Sully, who we haven't talked a ton about in this episode. Um, 
I don't know if it's necessarily a dark horse pick at this point, but um, I, I've been still been pretty impressed with Sully, um, knowing being very game aware. And late in the game, I think he's going to have to go on a challenge run, and I think he's one of the stronger contenders for that, um, especially if he can take out RDT at some point and maybe Crystal as well. Uh, I think those have tended to be some of the stronger competitors. Um, and if he needs to win two or three in a row at the end, the way that a lot of people do to get through those last votes and then have a very strong case at the end, then could definitely see that playing out. I agree. We haven't talked about Sully at all today, but um, I really enjoyed watching him as a player. Um, I, he had a lot of love in the lounge when he joined. A lot of people know him from FML. I did not, but I can totally, I instantly saw why everyone liked him. I mean, he's just a likable guy. He's obviously very smart. Um, and I think he's doing a good job of just navigating everything. So I, I could see him pulling it out at the end too. Yeah, I got, I got no problem with the Sully pick. He's kind of a, he's kind of a more game savvy version of CC. Um, in that, you know, nobody really has a, uh, nobody really has any problems with him. Um, and he's easy to talk to, but he's got the advantage on CC where he's been thinking more about game and performance wise, it seems to be, he's a little stronger too. So yeah, it, it's, it's not a bad pick. So, uh, we have one more dark horse winner pick as PB has decided to pop in here and give one more. So take it away. Um, RDT24, also known as R2D2, also known as RD by some of them. I think that, like, he's playing with both Scylla, OG Scylla, and OG Leviathan, and he's good at challenges, and so I think he's sort of like a, not necessarily a dark horse, but he's definitely under the radar right now, or, like, at the bottom of the radar right now, so I think he's a possible dark horse winner. He's he's somebody who could stumble into uh into final three fairly easily, just uh, yeah. you know, and then be able to make a case for himself. Yeah, I've been impressed. Um, we didn't see a ton of game from him early on. Um, in that especially after the swap before the merge, he was really just kind of along for the ride and going with whatever. But seeing the way he navigated this last vote and. I think the next round or two, depending on what we see from him, we'll see if he really steps up in that aspect um, or if he's going to be the type of person who's just going to go with an alliance and maybe settle into an advantage. Uh, I think that aspect would make it a harder path for him. But if he really does show that game sense, he's definitely one of the bigger threats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, well, that takes us through the merge and definitely a few exciting rounds coming up was there anything else we needed to go over that anyone wanted to mention yeah i don't think uh you know unless we want to give a little sneak preview of what's coming there is a challenge today um yes and it looks to be uh judging from the polls mm -hmm. it looks to be a paired challenge um, um, yeah um, it doesn't quite strike me as anything that we tested as far as i remember yeah. Um, Which pair yeah, will win the a pair's yeah. reward challenge, or maybe even uh, an immunity challenge that has with a final two battle at the end? Um, something we haven't seen a lot, but uh, the reward challenge I think that is definitely a fun way to shake things up, um, especially looking at some of these pairings 
Crystal and Cece, uh, Dano and Deadly. There's going to be some fun conversations going on in there. And, yeah. and yeah, as you suddenly have to work together. Uh, yeah, I think a, a reward challenge after just the uh, the uh, the drama of this uh, of this uh, Gwen blindside uh, might be just kind of a, a good way to lighten the mood, uh, get people kind of reset, uh, and uh, and then and then move forward from there. So uh, yeah, if it's a reward challenge, I'll be I'm, I'm, whatever it is, I'll be watching it and I'll be happy to see it. Jen, any last thoughts, anything you're looking for? I think we've said it. I think a lot of these players, there's a lot of game left and a lot of these players have a really good shot. So it'll be really fun to see how everything shakes out um, over the next few days because I mean, you know, the merge is when the game really begins. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I think um, the season started a little slow in that first day or two with marooning, and I think it's really picking up. And I, I think it's been fun to enjoyable to watch. Definitely. Yeah, uh, it certainly will. Um, I don't think the game starts before, after the merge, but it definitely picks up in a different way. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and can't wait to see how this all goes. And we'll certainly be there, Hirsch and I, and with uh, a whole bunch more guests, I hopefully down the line. Uh, can't wait for that. Yes, sir. We will be here. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks so much, Shan, for joining us. And congratulations again on your victory <laughs> and the VIP for life. It does feel special. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and oh, thanks, Harris, as always, for uh, being on and sharing everything always a pleasure sir and uh thanks everyone for listening we will talk at you soon take care peace do you have any last thoughts on that are we done on polly yeah no other than that i love her them that's it we love them. Them. Good, good. That's a good call. We don't know. Polly is non-gender specific. So, yes, we love Polly. <laughs>